Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Thank you for listening. This is Sandy Horner. Managing Director of Wealth Management at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. I'm here today with my colleague, Joe DePatty from our financial planning department. Joe is a chartered financial analyst and a certified financial planner. And today we are continuing our conversation about life stages. And this particular podcast is about what to do in your 30s. We're gonna talk to you about what we typically see with our clients in their 30s, some of the common mistakes that folks in their 30s make, and then we're gonna provide you with some tips so that you can avoid those mistakes. Joe, it's great to have you here today. Yes, Andy, appreciate it, thanks for having me. So let's talk about the 30-year-olds. You should know a lot about that. Yeah, so when you're in your 30s, you know, you are in your career building stage. Hopefully we're moving out of those entry-level positions, moving a little bit higher on the in the pecking order there. You likely have some pretty substantial career earnings potential. You've got um, a pretty long time between now and retirement. But we're hoping you have a little bit of financial assets saved, not so much as a new employee, but we're doing a little bit of savings from uh, over the years of working. And also you probably have, a, you well, I guess a higher likelihood of having a growing family. Maybe you got some new dependents to worry about. Um, so it's a pretty exciting time to be in your, you know, as you move into that stage of being in your 30s. And even though you have kind of moved on from the, you know, start out of college, so to speak, you still have a meaningful amount of time left. I mean, you're probably 30, 35 years away from retirement. And I would say some cases, maybe even longer. I mean, you look at the life expectancies, they keep going up. Maybe people will be working into their 70s. That could mean you have close to 40 years. Good point. Of, you know, growth yeah. between now and when you decide to retire. So Absolutely. Time is still very much an asset for you in your 30s. What, what are some of the common mistakes that we see from this group? Yeah, in your 30s, I think a big one, again, is going to be credit card debt. So credit card debts have very high interest rates associated with them. And if you maintain a balance on that credit card, you're going to be paying a pretty high penny for that uh, those discretionary spending that you might do on a, on a credit card. Um, some other big mistakes are going to be living paycheck to paycheck. Again, not uh, prioritizing savings, just letting any income that comes to you flow out through spending. Uh, another big one, a lot of time you might find yourself, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you might be overspending on housing and transportation. Maybe you're driving a luxury car. Maybe you're living in a luxury condo with lots of amenities that you may or may not use. Um, so those are pretty easy to go paycheck to paycheck when, uh, when you have some of those bigger expenses in those uh, in housing and transportation. I think another big one is going to be not having an estate plan. Uh, and that doesn't only mean having a will in place. There are some documents that you need to have if you, you know, were to become incapacitated, for example. So if you don't have an appropriate, um, uh, an appropriate estate plan in place, if you were to become incapacitated, maybe there wouldn't be anyone who's able to step in, no power of attorney who could act and make decisions on your behalf. You know, Joe, that's an excellent point, and I think it's one that uh, people don't understand because even if you're married, people think, oh, well, if something happened to me and I was incapacitated and I was in the hospital for a month or whatever it might be or on bed, oh, my spouse will just take care of that for me. No, it doesn't work like that. 
unless it's a joint account, but if it's a individual account in your name only and you can't, you know, function, your spouse doesn't necessarily have the ability to control that asset. So proper estate planning is critical. Absolutely. And statistically speaking, you're more likely to become disabled than passing away early in life. So Good point. We want Good to make point. sure we're taking care of that. Um, but also, we want to make sure you've got appropriate amount of insurance. You know, when we talk about long-term disability, that's protecting yourself if you're to become disabled and you're not earning any more income. In your 30s, a lot of you know, clients' financial plan are dependent on future earnings. And if that future earnings were to go away, well, that would be catastrophic in the context of financial plan. So we want to make sure we've got appropriate insurance, including long-term death, maybe liability, uh, life insurance. If you've got uh, some dependents in the family, we want to make sure we've got appropriate amount of life insurance. Then also liability insurance. If you've been an excellent saver, you know, maybe you don't have enough coverage in your underlying homeowners and auto insurance. So maybe there's a need there for some additional insurance there. And, you know, one of the things that I've seen over the years that seems to be, again, a, a common misperception that young couples make is there maybe is one spouse that's working and one spouse that is the stay-at-home spouse. And so the working spouse will have a significant amount of life insurance on that individual, which is great. In case something happens, you need to replace that income. But in an effort to save money, they won't have any life insurance on the stay-at-home spouse. But if something were to happen to the stay-at-home spouse, the working spouse has to continue working, and then you get massive childcare expenses. Absolutely. So you really need to think it through. And just because one of the members of the family doesn't necessarily have any quote-unquote earned income doesn't mean you don't need life insurance. Absolutely, and every case is different. So we want to keep track of, you know, maybe you could have a life insurance need that's more than you would ever imagine. Maybe you don't. Maybe yeah. you've got substantial assets built and your need for life insurance isn't necessarily there. So on a case-by-case -case basis, we want to make sure we're evaluating a situation. Of and and, too much and to all of our listeners, you know, since Joe mentioned that every case is unique, I would also just remind you that what we're providing you today is general information. So this is not specifically geared to any one of you. And if you do have some specific questions about how this impacts you, uh, your financial picture, your tax picture, etc. You know, I hope you will definitely get in touch with your financial advisor or feel free to contact us here at BWFA. So, Joe, are there more mistakes or should we go to tips? Well, I think just with one last thing I'll mention is we want to make sure you understand your employer benefits and that probably falls into the tip category. Um, you probably do have an employer-sponsored retirement plan. We want to make sure you're utilizing that as a savings vehicle. But so like a 401k like a or a 403b? Exactly. Okay. So we want to make sure we're making contributions there, um, prioritizing savings. We want to make sure you've got the right types of health care benefits. And also if you've got some in, any life insurance benefits or other insurance benefits available through work, we want to make sure you understand what's available, make sure we're taking advantage if we, if we, uh, if we can. Excellent point. Yeah, but other tips, budgeting, again, if you were looking to set yourself up for success, making sure you understand what's coming in versus what's going out. What are your discretionary expenses look like versus non-discretionary? You know, the mortgage, I would call that probably not so discretionary, but going to, uh, I don't know, Cabo on a vacation, that's probably a little bit more discretionary. So we're not saying not to have fun, but just want to make sure we're tracking what's going in and what's going out. We want to maintain that emergency fund. We usually say at least three months, but depending on the type of income you earn, maybe it's appropriate to have more. For example, if you live on commission and you're not sure what your, net paycheck, your next paycheck might look like, maybe you need to have closer to six months worth of expenses. 
Tracking your growth is also a great idea. We wanna make sure on a regular basis we're looking at all of your assets, calculating those values, look at all your debts, calculate that. You take your assets minus your liabilities, you calculate what your net worth is and make sure that continues to trend in a positive direction. A lot of that growth is gonna come through savings and investing though. So in your 30s, you probably have some big purchases that could be a home, could be a car, um, things along those lines. We wanna make sure that we're saving for those in the right types of accounts. So for example, if you're gonna be buying a house, it might not make sense to put all of that into the equity markets. Equity markets do fluctuate on a regular basis and we would hate to see a situation if you had to, you're counting on $10,000 in your mutual fund portfolio and then if that were to go down to 9,000 and now you can't buy your house. So we wanna make sure we count the right types of investments for the different types of uh, expenses. We also wanna make sure we're saving for retirement, potentially far in the future. And then in some cases, kids' education. And you know, Joe, that brings up a good point that as you pointed out at the beginning of our time together today, you know, for a lot of folks, not everybody, but for a lot of folks really, they don't really start having some wealth until their 30s. Because you know, in their 20s, they're still struggling. I got a 23 year old, she's struggling to put food on the table. Um, but that's a good struggle, she's learning a lot. But where I was going with this, to your point about you might be making big purchases, whether it's a car or a house or saving for your child's education, it's not a bad idea to think about your money in buckets. Absolutely. So you have one bucket for retirement. That's money that you know you're not gonna spend for 30, 35, 40 years. But then you might have another bucket that you're saving up for a house that you're gonna spend in the next five years. Those two buckets should be invested very differently. And we're not gonna get into all the moving parts of that right now, that's another podcast. <laughs> but I want the listeners to have a way to kind of think about it. And maybe those buckets are helpful in that regard. Absolutely. So, Joe, we've talked about the stages that people experience in their 30s, the common mistakes and the tips. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you to all the listeners. I hope that you'll come back again for more of the Life Stages podcast series. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.